Welcome to the Bearded Creative Podcast, guys. Join me, your host, Corey Freeman, and my wide range of guests as we discuss all things branding, creative, entrepreneurship, and making your passion your job. Let's dive in. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bearded Creative. Man, I'm pumped for today. I am so pumped. I've actually got a special guest on today who is a fellow creative. Now, this young lady owns her own digital marketing agency, marketing agency under the name of MCD Creative. Now, if you haven't heard of it before, you have now, so you've got no excuse not to check it out. I'd like to welcome Miss Courtney Day. Hey, guys. <laughs> All right, now... I've got you on today, Courtney, because I came across your page a little bit earlier this year and I've sort of uh, unadmittedly been ghost following you a little bit just to see what you're about. And I like to I like to check out fellow creatives and see what's going on in the world outside of my own studio due to COVID, obviously. Um, and I wanted to have you on here today because you do have an aspect of the creative industry that I don't, I sort of touch base on, but I don't actually fully follow through with, which is the marketing and strategy side of digital marketing. Um, could you give my audience just a little bit of you know, an intro and insight into what you do? Yeah, definitely. So I work with a lot of small businesses, just helping them capitalize on their digital channels. Awesome. Pretty much everything from social media management to paid advertising, so your Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads, um, down to one-on-one coaching. So small businesses that want to you know, do it themselves, save a little bit of money, helping them through that. Um, email marketing, search engine, pretty much anything in the digital sphere <laughs> to help small businesses out. No, that's awesome. And look, these days it's so prevalent because so many companies or so many people are actually moving to online. It's crazy. And COVID has just really ramped that up. Like I've had, I think I've had about six websites requests for quotes in the past month. So, and that for me is huge seeing as it's only something I started offering earlier this year with some um, some of my network. So, it's, um, it's a really affluent thing going on at the moment now that everyone's stuck at home and like, what can I sell? I can sell something. Well, that's it. Even, even businesses that are already established, if they don't previously have an online presence, which every business should by now in this day and age, um, those that don't have that or that have previously just been, you know, a brick and mortar physical uh, store, they've had to learn to adapt and become online. Yeah, so. that's it. That's it's actually it's been crazy. I mean, even like I haven't really got anything that I sell online as my business, but because I'm content, people tend to send stuff to me now. So it's um it's done a bit of a flip side. I can't actually leave my house to film anybody, which really sucks. Um, but now I get stuck in my studio doing it. So it's sort of changed my business up a little bit. Um, with your, I've noticed I've got a few things here that I've taken note from your website and your social media. I've noticed you give away, or not so much give away a lot of free content, but you give away a lot of stuff that people can sort of view. But as a business, you'd want to follow through on that and actually have them come and have a chat to you about it. Um, can you give us a little bit of insight into how you manage business coaching? I know you should do one-on-one coaching. How does that I, work? Yeah. So the one-on-one digital coaching primarily, and especially right now, it is all online. So it's just through Zoom, which is like a video conferencing call. Um, it's generally about a one-hour session. And what I like to do to start with is just get an idea on like what the brand's about, where they've come from, what their currently like, what their current strategy is. If they have a strategy, a lot of businesses they don't don't, don't really have. They come, they come to you and go, "Well, that's what I've come to you for." It's like, that's yeah, it. I know. And Instagram is not a strategy; it is part of your strategy. Correct. It shouldn't be the you know the core of everything. So, yeah. um, it's really just getting an idea of what they're currently doing. Um, and sort of like where they want to go, what they want to achieve. And then we sort of look at, well, what actionable steps can they take to get to, to achieve what they're wanting to achieve and to, you know, to get where they want to be. So that's sort of how that works. It, depending on how, you know, big businesses and what they do want to achieve will depend on how many sessions we have. Most of the time it's going to be ongoing and it'll be just checking in every fortnight or monthly just to make sure they're on track. Yep. And that's, you got to keep them accountable. Oh, that is it. I think a lot of the <laughs> accountability side is. Yeah, it's just, it's, that's it. It all comes down to keeping them accountable and then just being able to give them that skill set they need or to offer it as a skill for them if they, if they do want to outsource it. Yeah, cool. So you wouldn't, you, so you would, would you say that this is not, it's not even just a service for new businesses? It could be existing businesses that would like to reach out and brush up on the skills or see if they've missed anything? Yeah, 100%. And especially, especially during like the pandemic right now. 
Um, one of my current clients, for example, she is quite established um, already. Like she's absolutely killing it. But with everything going on with the global pandemic, she obviously online sales stopped originally, not completely stopped, but we every every business yeah. already can sales. Do a trickle feed, yeah. Yeah. So she wanted to cut costs back a little bit. Um, and so she wanted to upskill herself on how she could manage her own Facebook ads for the short interim. Oh, I hate so, Facebook ad campaign, man. <laughs> look, most people do, and <laughs> she is one of them who came back to me and was like, well, now that business is booming again, can you take this off my hands because I do not like doing it. Well, that saved you a lot of the work, doesn't it? <laughs> that, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so that's my favour. But it is really good for business to have, to have that, even just a, a little bit of knowledge for yep. if that time did come or – you know, just, just have to understand it even, you know, especially when it comes to talking the marketing lingo and going back and saying, well, this is, you know, your conversion cost, this is your click-through rate, just even for them to be able to understand that because most businesses have yeah. no clue. Yeah, they, they look at the figures and, like, we always say the numbers don't lie, but it's like, well, I don't understand what the numbers mean. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think that's really important for small businesses to have that understanding it's and it's funny too because a lot of companies when they start a lot of people who start their business up they're like oh, i don't have to worry about that now i'll worry about that once things start to roll and you go well if you had the fundamental understanding of what's going on there you'll actually understand whether the content you're producing works or whether you're wasting money that's exactly it <laughs> yeah and i think i think it's a it's a big and it, it look i understand when when people when i started my business i had no idea how to run ads. I had no idea how to do any of the analytics. And look, to be completely honest, I still don't bother or worry a lot of my time with it because I am primarily content-based. I yeah. create all the fancy stuff, you know. You guys, <laughs> the client tells me where they want to put it and I create something to suit um, to try and get that message across. But then I think that's where your business is so integral because it really takes that next step and shows people how to manage content and what to yeah. do with it to stick within their brand pillars. That's exactly it. Exactly. And even when it comes to creating content, if you're a business and you're wanting to start running ads and, you know, you're trying to get content ready for it, you still need to have an idea of what content you should be either creating yourself or getting someone, you know, outsourcing someone to create it to then fit what you're wanting to promote. Because, you know, it's, it's all well and good to be like, oh, I want to start running Facebook ads and I want to you know, promote this service or this product. But if you don't have the content to, to create that or, you know, in quality content at that, yep. Yeah, well, even funnier. I mean, this is a little bit off topic, but I had a client once that said, "Look, I want to do my my Facebook ads. Where we're gonna, we've got a, a guru doing these ads." I'm like, "Okay, that's great." And he goes, "I've got a picture, and I want you to just put these words over the top of the advert." And I'm like, "Okay, so for starters, <laughs> if there's one thing I know about Facebook ads is that they don't like text on your picture." Yep. <laughs> and it's it's probably the first most fundamental flaw of trying to advertise through Facebook ads. It's just 20% text on that picture is just a nightmare. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And if you don't if you don't hear that, then your ad is just it's not gonna get the same reach. Nah, that's it. They penalize you for having text on top of your picture. Yeah. <laughs> and look, it, it worked out for me in the end because I said to them, look. This is why you can't do it, which means you actually have to invest time in creating cool content or a video that actually includes the message visually rather than trying to stick pictures or logos over the top. It just doesn't work like that anymore and they won't let you get away with it. A hundred percent. And that's especially where if you have the budget to create, to get someone to create a really good video promoting your product or your service, that's probably the, the easiest way to get as much information um, and also to keep that user engaged and interested enough to get them to then, to then follow through with whatever you're trying to get them to do. So video outweighs images by a long shot if you have that button. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. And that's, I mean, that's why I, I moved my business more into the video and animated aspect purely because photos have now become a fanciful filler. That's how I like to call it, a fanciful filler. And the video aspect of things is really where you drive that message home. And if you can, if you can storytell, which is what I try to focus my video work on, um, if you storytell correctly and the message is engaging and the audio really captures someone's attention, you've got sales ready to go. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's all about storytelling. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah so you want to That's it. So would you say with, with the business coaching element of, of what you do, is that sort of a, a prime sort of area that you take care of or is that just one of the many aspects that's sort of? It's definitely 
one of the many aspects. I do do a lot of one-on-one coaching, um, more so, I guess, because a lot of small businesses just don't have the funds to be able to outsource every every single part of the marketing process. You Understandable. Know, if they could, they would. Well, <laughs> but, the, the... Um, you don't really have that budget. <laughs> no, I always say that no one believes you at first when you say 60% of your budget needs to go on your marketing. 100%, yeah. <laughs> and they look at you and go, maybe 10%. And you go, okay, I'll see you in, I'll see you in six months when we have to start fresh. comes in you know really well it, it, it's giving you that power to be able to do it yourself if you, can, you do reach the stage where you can outsource it but um it is just one of the many aspects you know i like i said i do everything from facebook ads to social media management email campaigns um even like you know helping them with their website making sure the website's optimized and then even a bit of graphic design as well so yep. pretty much just helping them with whatever they really need help with <laughs> <laughs> you wear the many hats of a creative as yeah, we do I these things <laughs> That's exactly it. And I think I think for small businesses, it is really it, – it, it, it's nice for them to have just one person they can go to and be like, like help me. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Most don't really know what they should be doing or, or how to do that. So just having that person to go to and ask for that advice and then having that one person organize it, whether that be myself, outsourcing it to myself, or I then go and get someone to out, like outsource it to someone for them. Yep. They, they like just to have that – it's like having a marketing manager without – paying them the marketing salary. Yeah, that's it. Oh, look, in these days, you kind of need to, it's, it's nice for businesses to have that to fall back on because when you start a business, it is scary. A lot of people open up an Instagram and go, one, what do I do? Or Facebook yeah. or any, and they don't know all the channels. They go, okay, I've got all these platforms. I don't know where to start. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's where the conversation starts rolling. Oh. Well, in terms of Facebook ads, you did mention that you do those. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you do Google ads and stuff as well, which sort of encompasses that whole sort of social aspect. Facebook ads versus Instagram boost posting. It's something that I, I, I love this conversation because, and I'll tell you why. Now, I'm a, I'm a sucker for Instagram boost posting, and that's purely because, purely because as an amateur in Facebook ads, I hate using Facebook ad campaign manager. I, I just I just don't have time for it. I honestly, it's a conversation with the computer. I, I Sorry, it's an argument with the computer that I have. So I just, I steer clear of it. I can boost posts on Instagram. I put some money behind it. It gives me a, a generalized sort of demographic and off we go. Now you're probably going to say, no, 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 no. <laughs> I need you to do Facebook ads because they're a lot more optimized. Yeah, look, in short, yes. <laughs> to reach the right audiences um, and that's purely because the boost button whether it's boosty on Facebook or Instagram it's so user-friendly that you really only get the targeting options of a generalized like what country you want to advertise yeah, location age a couple of interests, sex, yeah, age. interests yeah very very um, broad so broad and you can't remarket on with it as well and remarketing is where you're going to get most of your conversions whether you're a service-based or a product-based yep. business um, with Facebook Ads Manager, you just have you, you have so much targeting capability. You um, not you can obviously do the basics of targeting. You know what country. You can go down to like what suburb. You can exclude areas. That, you know you want to target Brisbane, but you want to target, target North Brisbane. You could exclude all of the rest of Brisbane and then target certain suburbs or certain areas. You can layer your interests. So, say for example, you were selling skincare. You can say, well, I want to target people who are more into high-end skincare. So I'm going to target high-end skincare brands and I'm also going to layer that with luxury living and then I'm going to only target people who live in, let's say, the ritzy suburbs of Melbourne like Tarak and South Yarra. So, 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 so for all those people that literally just fell off their chair backwards because there's so much information in all that, <laughs> this is where we hire an expert because <laughs> I sit there and go, oh, my God, that's, that's two hours of just trying to think of stuff to do. 
especially when people say that, you know, that people always joke that Facebook is listening to you and, you know, you think about something and suddenly it appears on your Facebook or Instagram account. It's, it's just all, it's all targeting. It's, it's, it's looking at everything you've ever done online and then retargeting you. Yep. Uh, that's, that's the, that's the uh, what is it, the, the luxury of cookies where it, it <laughs> yes, follows you, leaves an yes. imprint wherever you've been. Whatever you do, whatever actions you take, it's, it's following you. Now, so. <laughs> a key word you said just before was remarketing. Can you explain to everyone who you know, may not understand what that means? Yeah, so remarketing is pretty much just targeting anyone who previously engaged with your brand. Um, so that could be simply, that could be someone who has visited your website. It could be someone who's purchased from you previously. So basically it's a hot lead. Yeah, well, warm and hot lead. So it depends on, like, you can you can sort of look at it like someone might have visited your website but then only stayed on there for a short period of time and that's the first time they visited. They're not necessarily a hot lead, but they are somewhat of a warm lead because they recognize who you are. Yep, sure. Um, a hot lead is more someone that has, say, for example, added to cart but they're not checked out. So you can then retarget people who have added to cart. Give me a discount. Exactly. <laughs> so that you, can, you can really target different stages of the funnel that way. Yep. Depending on what actions they've previously taken. Same as going with like um, maybe you've built an email list. You can then specifically target people on your email list because they're going to be more of a hot lead than someone who simply just, you know, engaged with you on Instagram. Yep. And that again, that's this this just adds another string to the bow, doesn't it, with email marketing. The amount of there's so many channels out there that people just just can't get their heads around. And email marketing <laughs> yeah. is something that's becoming very important for re- remarketing purposes because if you do have someone that lands on your 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 Facebook page or your website and they've clicked in on interest based on and maybe they're subscribed or maybe they've liked a couple of your posts and it comes up, you can retarget those people, can't you? You can remarket them and then use your emails to basically say, well, hey, you've already, you've already, you, know, you like our stuff. Have a look at this. Maybe you'd, you'd like to consider buying that. And I think it's a really important strategy that people don't really get how it works. Yeah, 100%, especially when it comes to automated email marketing. Um, sorry, say you're a product-based business. Well, you can even do it with service-based business, business, but specifically with product-based businesses, if you aren't utilizing um, automated email campaigns to retarget your customers, you're missing out on so much opportunity to drive more conversions. You can, you can do everything from um, target people who have added to cart, whether or not they're on your email list, um, most uh, e-commerce platforms such as Shopify, the most popular one, it will automatically capture their email address. So even if they don't have an account, if they type in their email as they start checking out, it will automatically capture that. Yep. And then you can then retarget it and say, hey, you've left us in your cart. Um, another really powerful one is even just targeting people who may have an account or have you know, added to cart, but maybe they view a particular category on your page. You could do a browse abandonment email campaign and target them, show them an email specifically targeted to that category. That, that they were checking out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's you, handy, isn't it? It's, you can get so targeted with your email campaigns, and yeah, if you're not utilizing them, you're just you're just missing out on so much opportunity. <laughs> yeah, it, and it really is. It's it's a, it's sort of like a leaf left unturned, really. Um, I think we we've been using a little bit of our our EDMs recently, actually not so much recently, but in the recent months coming to the end of last year, we were for Petite. Now, I, I, me and my partner own Petite Protein. So we've, we run a Shopify store and we also have our email marketing running. And it's amazing how many conversions you can make based on someone who's left something in the add to cart or they've just browsed a page and they've left their details for you. That's exactly it. Huge. Like. Yeah, exactly. And especially now with like mobile being, you know, every, everyone's on their mobile more than like desktop and stuff. It's so easy for people to get distracted. You know, they see an Instagram pop up, oh, someone sent you a message. Oh, well, I'll check out later. I'm going to go reply to this person. So, you forget all about it. Exactly. So that's why you do see really high abandoned cart rates because people get distracted or maybe they're in an area where their internet isn't that great and they don't want to wait for it to time out. That's why it's so important to, to follow up and remind them that they have forgotten to, to finish checking out. Otherwise, they're just going to forget and you're going to lose that sale. That's it. And look, another interesting tactic, and this sort of this comes around in circles, I did something similar with my Instagram stories, basically reminding people that if they'd gone to purchase something and forgot, that worked maybe not as, as effective as the email marketing because it was sort of that a different sort of perspective coming through there, but it did actually have benefit. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting tactic, I like. <laughs> well, look, you know, again, it depends on your audience and my audience likes to see, oddly enough, loves to see my face and hear my voice. So 
when I yeah. jump on my stories and remind people of something, they sort of go, oh, shit, I'll check that out now. Yeah. You know, even like, if I... really adding a personal touch to it as well, having your face and reminding people. It's, it's really the only thing I can connect with that audience. That's it. And look, one big thing about me and my audience, and especially the guys that are listening to this podcast, a lot of them will know my personality and they and I don't I don't bullshit people. I just jump straight on and say it straight as it comes off the top of my head, amongst a few other laughs. <laughs> and you know, it, it works. It works in terms of remarketing purposes, that's for sure. So it's come in handy. Another thing I'd love to touch base on here is marketing funnels. Yeah. <laughs> now what is a marketing funnel for those who don't understand? So in really, really simple um, terms, a marketing funnel is your customer's journey. So it's going from a top, top of funnel if you're completely cold, don't really like maybe you've heard of you once, maybe you've never heard of you, down to your someone who has heard of you, they're a hot lead or they're converted. So cool. it, it works because your, your, your audience is going to get narrow and narrow. That's why it's called a funnel. It's really big at the top, really narrow at the bottom. Perfect. Now, I've I've had a couple of clients in the past that I've, I've worked with saying, look, I'm setting up a marketing funnel at the moment, so I'll do my content soon. So once that that's ready, I can start using it in my marketing funnel. How hard are they to set up? <laughs> um, look, it depends on how, like, you can, it depends on how many stages of your funnel you, you want to implement and what platforms you're using it on as well. Um, a really simple marketing funnel is breaking it down into three stages which is your awareness, consideration, and conversion. So awareness, you would then be looking at your top of funnel. Yep. So for an awareness campaign, you would purely be looking at, okay, well, how am I going to generate awareness for my product or service? Sure. Um, you know, if you're, you know, on Facebook ads, for example, you want to be targeting your cold audience and then educating them on what this, pro- what this product is or service is and why they need it. You want to be showing them that, the why. hey, you didn't even know you needed this, but you now you now know you need this. Yeah, this is cool and you need it. <laughs> exactly. Um, same goes, you know, if you're a fitness influencer, that could simply just be a free ebook. I mean, really simple, um, just to, to show people why they need it. Then you go into the consideration phase. They recognize who you are. They've sort of, they, they might be in the market for a product and they know who you are, but they're also looking around at other brands, trying to work out who they want to purchase from. This is where um, the trust value is going to come into it and then also where reviews can play a really big play in it because people trust what other people say. Social proofing. <laughs> that's it. Wonderful oh, that's- term. <laughs> so it's really nurturing that audience and yep. now, like pushing them further down the funnel. Then you've got um, your conversion, which are your really hot leads. Um, these people are pretty much ready to convert. It's just pushing them over the lap line to get them to convert. Yep. So that's probably the, that's a really simple three-stage funnel. If you're uh, looking at starting funnels, that would be the way to, to sort of start. Yep. Um, you can then look at ways to then re-engage those um, people who have then um, converted as well. So looking at that loyalty, how do you get them to come back? Because if you, it's easier to get someone to convert again that's already previously converted than sure. to get a new person again. So that's yeah. also a really important step. You know, that, that post-purchase follow-up. Yep. And in regards to the post-purchase follow-up, how would you – what are some tips in terms of ways of actually gauging people's interest to buy again? Yeah. Um, so asking to leave a review is always a good one because that way you're going to get feedback on that product or service. So if you're, if you're getting a lot of positive feedback, obviously it's a product they love and the chance that they're going to purchase again. Yeah. If you're not getting feedback or you're getting, you know, negative feedback, then that's a chance for you then to say, okay, well, how can I improve this product to want them to get them to purchase again? Yep. And, and without without interrupting you too much, just a shameless plug, guys, leave a review <laughs> once you've listened to this. We would love to hear your feedback and comments. Now, there's, a, there's a little five-star rating thing there. Hit that bad boy. Give me a five. <laughs> and ways and that you can incentivize, incentivize those reviews as well because I know that, you know, not everyone's going to want to take that minute out of their day to leave a review. No. Um, but what I recommend to um, businesses is to offer something. So whether that be maybe they get a, dis- a small discount on their next purchase if they leave a review or maybe they go into the drawer to win a voucher for your, for your store. Once a month, you draw a winner. So just incentivizing ways that they're going to leave a review. Um, if you have like a product that's a consumable, that's a really good chance to encourage people to come back and buy it again, especially yep. if you have if you offer like a subscription basis, yeah, so sure. they want to subscribe straight away or maybe they'll subscribe later and they get a small discount if they keep coming back. Yep. Um, but then it just comes back down to remarketing as well. And just if you have a, if you have a product or service that they absolutely love and you remarket it right, that's it's just the best gonna way happen. to get 
Yeah. Yeah, fair call. Oh, that's really insightful. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully everyone who's listening actually gets a little bit of information out of that because it is really important when it comes to the marketing aspect of your business. If you don't get it right, you'll know because you will not make sales. It is that simple. 100%. That's it. Regardless of how good your content is, sometimes you just won't make a sale because it just hasn't been set up properly in how you've captured your audience. Uh, the fun of starting a business. Uh, but look, that's why we're here, guys, that the free information is to actually help you guys get your head around how to start a business or avoiding those pitfalls early so that you can actually grow with less speed humps in the road of the journey of uh, owning your own business. One other really big thing I want to talk about, and this might take up the rest of the, uh, the, the conversation here, social media management. Yes. <laughs> For a lot of the companies that come on board with me, they ask if I'm doing social media management and I say no, purely because the cost that it would take for me to actually spend my time worrying about it is just not worth – it's not worth it. No, I don't think it is anyway. I, I actually – I always push that when businesses start that they should first off learn to manage their media themselves yeah. because when they post, it's, it's a passionate post. It's coming from yeah. them. Like someone like myself, although I'm interested in their business, I don't take that heartfelt posting as sincerity with the product and what they write in their descriptions. Not yeah. to mention, description writing can take forever to come up with something, <laughs> right? something relevant that's going to make yeah. someone go, I love this, I want to buy. Definitely can. <laughs> so my, my question to you is when starting with your social media, now, as I said, I, I like to push companies to do their own social media management, but if in case of looking for someone like yourself with the services, what is it that you actually do to help craft them in posting and managing the media? Yeah. So the way that I run my social media management service um, is I look at their current strategy and then we sort of look at, okay, well, what can we implement? So the main thing that that I see a lot of you know, businesses don't really optimize for is looking at their content pillars. Yep. So that's going to be your, your social media strategy. So a content pillar is, um, it, it's just like, it's like what, how are you going to break up your social media posts? So you might want to focus on some educational posts. Yep. You might want to focus on the personal aspects of your posts. Yep. You might have a bit of direct selling. Um, you might have a bit of entertainment. So if you have to have, a, you know, at least, I would say at least three or four yep. content pillars to then break up your posts because you don't want to be posting the same, you know, pillar the whole time. So you don't want to go in and just be posting buy my product, buy my product, buy my product, buy my product, because yeah. that's not yeah. going to, you know, not going to convert well. No. Um, likewise, you don't want to just be going in with, um, you know, talking about yourself and how you've grown your business the whole time. You, you want to break it up and um, be able to have those different content pillars to, to, to nail it, nail the head, nail it on the head. Yeah. <laughs> Got it out there. Also, I like to call um, them the marketing, basically your marketing fence or your marketing bumpers. You've really got yeah. four to five, maybe even six key elements of your business. Anything outside of that, don't even waste your time on because it sort of adventures people away from your branding message realistically. And you don't want that. You want to keep them engaged with exactly what your message is and keeping it clear. Yeah, that's exactly it. So really just looking at, like, hey, okay, well, what marketing, like what content are we going to focus on for your strategy? What, what's going to be relevant to your brand? Yep. Um, and then what type of content either that you have or that I need you to create um, more, more so I try and encourage them to outsource it because having a professional photographer or videographer create the content is just going to, it's just going to level up your Instagram game. If like, I know, I know it's, it's hard to say go invest in photography because it can be quite expensive, but it's, it's going to be worth it in the long run. You're going to see a better return to then pay that off. Yes. Then you can kind of snap some photos on your iPhone. Yeah. As much <laughs> as they like, like to try and show, they like to try and show the new iPhones do these amazing photos and stuff. And which, look, if you put an amazing, if you put an iPhone in the hands of a photographer, you're probably going to find their content does look pretty yeah. damn good. But that's because a photographer's eyes behind the camera. <laughs> it's it's the same thing. Yeah. So without fail, I always say. It's worth the investment because yep. your Instagram or your Instagram or Facebook, whatever game is gonna look, it's just gonna look so much more professional. And if you look more professional, then people are gonna wanna buy from you or at least follow you and engage with you. So um, looking at what kind of content they then need to create. Um, and then also looking at what content I'll personally create for them. So 
it might be, say where we want to focus on either educational or um, entertainment as a content pillar, sure. we can then look at, depending on the brand, we can then look at, okay, well, maybe we can use memes or maybe we can use, um, you know, some graphics that we can then break up Quotes. those photos. Quotes, yeah, things like that um, that are relevant to the brand. They're going to keep the, um, you know, the user engaged um, and then breaking up their posts that way. That way they also don't have to have, you know, a professional photo every single day of the week. And that can be a drainer. Yes. <laughs> so it's going to be more budget-friendly for you um, and it's also going to keep the user engaged as well. So Another really cool idea that I've thrown to a few people in recent times when researching inspo for their branding and all that sort of stuff is check out apps like Pinterest. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that throw theme-relevant stuff on their pages in there and you basically you keyword search and up it comes with things that are relevant to maybe what your brand identifies 100%. with and you can get That's ideas exactly. that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you can then adapt that to your own branding as well. So that's another thing that I always try and make sure um, when working with a new social media client is that we, we, we can identify their branding and make sure that that branding is cohesive on their account. Yeah. Well, especially Instagram where it is such a visual feed when you first land on there. Correct. You want to make sure that it's following your brand guidelines. So we're using the right fonts, we're using the right colors, and that it just flows really nicely. We're not just posting everything and anything and it looks, you know, like a mess. Which tends to happen. Yep. <laughs> yep. Do you use a lot of keywords with your when, when helping a, a brand develop its message to put through visually? Um, like, obviously, you want to be doing your – like, the brand itself should, have, should, should really have keyword research done before even – you know, tackling, you know, even buying their products. So yeah. a lot of people don't, which is this why I thought I'd bring it no. up because a lot of people go, well, I've just got this, I've got these products and this is my brand and this is sort of what we're about. It's like, great. What do you, what, what key, what are key things? What are key elements, key words that people yeah. are going to identify with when they see your product? Exactly. And that's one thing I do when I first have a strategy session with any client, no matter what service they have is, okay, well, let's talk about your product. Like who is your target audience? What are your key words? Like, um, and getting, I try and get them to think like I don't want to do the work for them because no. they, as business owners, should understand that as well. So I try and get them to think as well as obviously doing my own, you know, research as well yeah. on, on the brand, what's trending right now, the keywords, that type of thing. But also getting them to do their own research so that they they have that understanding of what they should be doing as well. Yeah, and that's that's I suppose it's one thing that's really important, isn't it? Not just offering a service, but educating the client themselves on how to do that research or how to come to that conclusion of what are the relevant words or relevant uh, topics for their particular product or service. Yeah. <laughs> Another fun word, hashtags. Yes, hashtags are so underused. <laughs> I know, but the problem is they're not just underused, they're used incorrectly. Yes. number one thing that I see that just makes me cringe is people jamming their hashtags in their caption, their, their main caption. Just don't. Just, just please. <laughs> yeah. comment. But we're allowed 30. Come on. Yes, you can use 30, but put them in the first comment. Don't put them in your caption because it's, it's one, it's going gonna, it's gonna to distract you from actually reading what your caption's about. It's going to look unprofessional and it's going to look messy. My but question, yeah. just, just before you go on with that, does I, I did read somewhere, and I also had someone else who was quite affluent in the hashtags and social media stuff. They preferred to leave it in the actual description, but at the very bottom, something to do with the analytics or how the the codes read by Instagram could have been just kerfuffle for all I know. But it's one of those debates. Like I know it, it is a debate going around, but personally, I've seen no difference between whether it's in a caption or a, or in a um, in a comment, the first comment. Yep. I personally put them in the first comment because I prefer it. It looks neater. I know a lot of other people do as well. And the reach that I've personally seen from hashtags in the first comment, yeah. it's huge. <laughs> the, I think the best thing too, the update recently with Instagram is you can actually pin your favourite comments to the top and so you can actually hide those hashtags. Yeah, yeah, exactly, which is good. But, um, yeah, 100% use all 30 if you can. But in saying that, you really need to research what hashtags you are using um, you want to be using a variety of, say, like hashtags that might have 500,000 people that have used it right down to maybe hashtags that only have a couple of thousand. You want to use a good um, happy medium of both. You don't yeah. want to be aiming for all your 30 hashtags have a million, you know, previous yeah, hashtags. Because I'll never get seen. 
it's never going to get seen. So you want to find like a happy medium um, and making sure that they're super relevant. So don't hashtag things like Sunday. Because what is what is that? What is that to anybody <laughs> looking at you? Yeah, oh, yeah I, like <laughs> I actually saw someone hashtag that the other day, and I'm like, why? What is that hashtag? Like, yep. See, I've, um, I found I've fallen victim in the past to actually making up a hashtag, just something completely random, just because it looks cool or it's suitable to my topic. I mean, it's it definitely <laughs> like you can definitely do that if it's your branding hashtag. Yeah. So whether it's your brand name or maybe you have a campaign yep. that you want people to then use that hashtag. So in that circumstance. Search it out. It definitely works because then you can track who is actually using that hashtag. Sure. Um, if you're just using it for the sake of using it and it has no real relevant meaning, you're just wasting a hashtag. Just, just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Note to um, self. But yeah, <laughs> just don't do it. But really, <laughs> your hashtag. So, um, especially like for local businesses, for example, if yep. you're a local business, really using location hashtags. Yeah, so I've heard they, that they're, they're quite. Um, it's especially it's relevant for businesses that are local to where you are or where you might be. A hundred percent. So especially like say you were a gym and you were, let's just say you're interact, yep. for example, you could have a, what I, what, what a really easy way to find hashtags to use is just go into your Instagram search into the hashtag section yep. and then just type to rack fitness or fitness to rack and just see if anything comes up. Um, and more than often than not, you'll find a bunch of hashtags or even just typing a suburb and seeing what people are searching for. So um, if you're a cafe, I know cafes are so popular in terms of hashtags. Just type your suburb in, then type cafe after and see if it comes up or see what relevant search terms come up for that. That'd be perfect, wouldn't it? So, yeah. I suppose it really helps gauge where, where that area is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Geolocation. Exactly. And especially for locations, people, you know, they want to find places in that location. So the hashtags play a really important role. But same with um, any business, really. Like, just really refining what what your product is and what hashtags people are going to be searching for that product. Yeah, fair enough. And would you, would you say that, like, especially seeing as it's a service that you offer, is it something that, I suppose, again, like an earlier question, startups or pre-existing, it doesn't really matter whereabouts you are with your business, it's probably a good idea maybe even just check, check in with you on a first consult and just sort of see where they're at and gauge that response to know yeah, where you are. Yeah, 100%, definitely. Especially for first, like, businesses first starting out, um, you should be advertising a month before you launch just to get that awareness out there. So if, if, you, if you are successfully advertising and generating that awareness before your launch, your launch is going to be so much more successful yep. than if you, hey, I just released a product, now I'm going to start advertising. Yep. So if you can afford to, if you have the time, if you have the budget to start advertising beforehand, yes. um, and that is getting a coach like myself to then sit down and say, hey, I'm thinking about launching this product or service in a month. This is kind of the idea I have on how I want to advertise from now until then. Is this right? What should I, What else should I be doing? Yeah. How well, as, as a little bit of a free heads up for, for everyone that listens into this podcast, have you got like a basic, a basic plan or strategy set out for someone who says, look, I have this product. I'm coming to you. I would love to market this. Let's, let's, I don't know, you, you give me a recommendation of time frame, but I'd love to get this out the market. What's a good strategy to do this? Like, how would you, just in broad terms, how would you like, how would you structure that? It, it's hard because it depends on what the, the brand is. is. Like, yeah. and it depends if it's a product based, if it's a service based, are they online, are they, you know, brick and mortar? It really depends. So, whenever I do sit down and have a coaching session with someone, it's always customized to their to particular brand yeah perfect um, but i guess like an easy answer to that is what i literally well, what i do is sit down and say okay well this is your product or service these are the platforms that i recommend that you you know you utilize yep um more importantly where is your website at because you should have a website no matter if you're service or product based and it's funny a lot of company a lot of services these days whether it be paypal or you know any mailing clients they always require you to insert a web address you need to have a website to hook that up to. So it really is a vital step to have one of those first, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Everyone should have a website for a product or service no matter what it is. Um, and an optimized website at that. It needs to be mobile friendly. It needs to be informative. It needs to have all your, you know, every, every piece of information you can needs to be on that. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the first step is making sure they, they do have a plan to even have that if they don't have it already. And then looking at what platforms they can then utilize to, to launch on. To get that message out there. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, and then I suppose one of the last things I really wanted to touch base with you on is, and it's it's so affluent these days, is growing your social media. 
Now, everyone wants a big page because the stats always look impressive if you've got you know, 20,000 followers or something like that. But a second-tier topic to this is the whole the argument over having the numbers versus not having big following but having a legitimate following or an influence on that, that small following you do have. How, how would you craft, you know, how, how do you guide people in that, that sort of circumstance saying, look, I see you've only got 5,000 followers. You want to get up to that 10,000 mark or whatnot. How do you then guide them with the legitimate followers they actually do have? Because I think people, people with smaller followings but have great content and a strong brand message or a great personality are really undervalued and overlooked. 100%, yeah. I mean, just because you have a huge following doesn't mean that you're going to have a, a huge amount of sales or you know serve people like buying your service. Yep. Um, it's going to come down to you want to have an audience that is engaged, and that's why I always, whenever anyone comes to me and asks, "Hey, should I buy followers?" or "Hey, like, should I use this bot service that's going to go like and comment and follow on people's stuff?" and I always I say, hundred percent no. Yeah, it's a really great way to get banned. And the followers that they are attracting aren't going to engage with your brand, which means your engagement rate is going to go down, Yep. which means your reach is going to be lower, which means it's actually going to stall your growth. <laughs> so it, it's all going to come down to you. You just want to organic, like not so much organically um, grow because it, it is hard to organically grow these days. The easiest way to grow is to use Facebook or Instagram ads. Instagram ads are actually Facebook ads. They run through Facebook. They just yep. advertise on the Instagram platform. A lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> But if, if, if you are, like, I know a lot of businesses come to me and say, I really want to grow my Instagram following because Instagram is, you know, it's the biggest craze these days. Um, the easiest way to do that is to have a really strong social media strategy and to be running Instagram ads to push, to drive that new reach. Um, and then they're saying that influencers, there is a debate whether they're still um, good or not. A good sales value, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I personally think it is still worth investing if you can in influencers but in saying that micro influencers tend to have um i guess people tend to trust micro influencers influencers more because they are posting every single day um and their audience is a little bit more um i guess more receptive to what they're posting so you're more likely to get reach and purchases from them so um having that social proof you know you don't have to go out and have approach 100 influencers at once you can start off smaller um it's also a really good way to, to then um to then gain user-generated content if you yeah. have influencers that do post quality content because then you have you can have you can make sure you have, then have the right to use that content on your social media marketing or your website as well. So yeah. you kind of kill two birds that one stone there. Um, but they're probably the, they're, they're the two ways I recommend people to grow your organic following. Um, don't buy followers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't, 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 don't buy followers. It's a number one. It's just it's a key rule here. Don't buy followers. Oh, no. Don't do it. <laughs> I always find that when it comes to the influencer side of the ball game, now because we we run petite, in the beginning we tried using influencers and I think we might have used the wrong ones. Now it's always nice to have people spruiking your product, but when they're spruiking about ten different products within the week, it really does dampen that message and it doesn't give you the reach. It doesn't give you the reach. And I think the other thing was too, I was because I'm aware of how the social the social influencing works and social proofing. We had a couple of instances who hit us up and say, look, this is my tiered programs. You can pay this much and get this much out of it and blah, blah, blah. But when I actually go into their page and you look at their following, so you actually got to go through their following and see where the people are coming from. And then you look at the posts, particularly what's in the post that they've posted. Like what are they trying to sell? Then look how the people have engaged. Now, if you've got 500 comments of smiley faces, love hearts, clapping hands, (laughs) you know, this is hot, great pick, you go girl you're probably going to find that that audience really isn't as engaged nor legitimate to your niche. A hundred percent. You have to be careful. A lot, of, a lot of influencers these days do use engagement pods um, or maybe they simply just use those engagement bot, like bots, which are automatic yep. robots for them. So when you are looking for influencers, do your research. Like really actually don't just look at, oh, <laughs> I'm going to reach out to them. Like yep. make sure that their like have a look at their content have a look at the comments see if they're legit and if you are quite happy with how that looks then ask them to actually send you their insights yes so yes big one email about their insights i mean actually get them to screenshot their insights especially yep. on instagram 
Um, if they say they don't feel comfortable doing it, that's a red flag. Yes, there's straight no away. Big no-no. They can't share their insight. Yep. Um, it's not a privacy thing at all. Um, you know, you can simply say, I just want to see the audience screenshot of your insight. All that's going to tell you is how many followers they have and the demographics, so what location they're in. Yep. What um, countries are coming from you, yeah, all that sort of stuff. That type of thing, yeah. So if they say no... Just run. Just, just, just leave <laughs> it there and move that on. Is <laughs> well, see the the way I ha- the way I tackled that was I went on and said, look, I want the insights from your last six posts, yeah. and then I scrolled down a couple of pages and go, and I want the insights from these particular images. And when they look at you funny, you say, well, I want to see how you've grown in the past. Well, that that post right. there was essentially it was almost two weeks ago, or it could be two months ago. I want to see the difference between then and now. Yep. That's, I mean, that's really, really fine, fine tooth combing it. But yeah. I'm paying you money. Oh, I'm paying you money and giving you free product to then essentially <laughs> try and give us sales or help get our brand message out there. I want to know that you're worth it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Do your research. And most of the time they won't have a problem with showing you that if they are a legit influencer. Um, but then again, like you're saying, if they're posting a lot of collaborations or paid advertisements um, throughout the week, also steer clear of that because you don't want someone that's just promoting everything. You want to make sure that they're um, promoting a product that they actually legitimately believe in and that yep. they can get behind as well. That's it. If they believe in the product or service, then they, their followers are going to believe in that product or services. It's quite obvious when they just you know post one photo and that's you know hear from them. Yeah, that's it. And look, it's, it sounds really silly, but it could be as simple as when they post a photo, you look how they're holding your product or how they're, they're showcasing it. You can tell if they have a clue or not because if the, the label's the wrong way around or something silly's going on, you've really just wasted your money, <laughs> which, isn't, which isn't ideal, unfortunately. That's exactly it, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I, think, I, think, yeah I think that sort of rounds out a really good, I suppose, if anything – everyone should have got a really good idea of how the social media aspect works and how to actually utilize your social media channels to grow your business from what we've spoken <laughs> about today. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's a few tips and tricks to it. There's, a, there's actually a lot, I think people will realize there's a lot more into growing your social and your actual business audience than what's originally perceived. Yeah. Um, I know it's, I mean, I, I run two businesses, one being my, my FD media business and then I've got Petite on the side and it sort of takes the, the backseat Petite because I'm so busy trying to grow my personal influence through my brand through FD. So it, it really does take a, take a lot of time to grow and nurture. A hundred percent. I think people don't realize that having like a social media strategy, it's not just post and leave it. <laughs> There's actually so much that goes behind it, the planning um, even like, you know, the nurture, the planning, the strategy, the engagement side of it, it. there's so much that goes into it. Um, and if you really want to grow, you have to invest that time into it. That's it. I think, um, I think that's probably the key, the key point there really, isn't it? You really need to invest in your business. And yes, guys, 60% of your budget goes <laughs> on marketing. And now you understand why. Look, sometimes at the worst case, it's probably a little bit more, especially at the start. And as I say, when a business starts up, make sure that you have money aside for that business because a lot of people run themselves dry thinking, okay, well, I'll spend this now. And that's actually coming out of the money that they have, I'm going to say mismanage their their finances. They come out and they say, look, I want to spend this much on my business. You go, okay, cool. Have you put enough, uh, is this aside for your business or is this just coming out of your income? <laughs> and it, yeah. it's, it ends up leaving you in a position where you've got nothing, no money left to play with in terms of you can't live off your own money because you've spent it on your business. That's 100% it. I think I feel like when people, especially when they're first starting a business, they spend so much money on the website and the product, which is great, but they don't have that budget to then Advertise. put towards proper, yeah, proper product photography, videography, Facebook ads, um, everything else that comes with that. You need to have that advertising budget and you also need to be prepared to lose some of that money because yeah. you aren't going to give an instant return straight away. That is a fact. Oh, no. No, no, no. Also, when we started Petite, this is an interesting one for everyone. When we started Petite, we didn't make a sale other than close friends. Like we wanted organic sales. Yeah. We, tr- we, we gauged it by what came through the website organically from people we didn't know. We didn't make an organic sale for two months. Yeah. Yeah. Two That's months. And that just comes back down to your funnel. You know, people that have never heard of you before or they may have you know, stumbled across you once, 
they're not going to purchase from you because they don't have that trust. They don't know what you're about. You need to nurture them. That's right. So you can't just go in and say, hey, here's my product, buy it. It's like the best way I, 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 and I always explain to clients is you wouldn't go up to someone in the street and ask them to marry you. No. They would just be like, you were crazy. Yeah. It's the same with advertising. If you go up to someone and say, buy my product, they're going to be like, oh my God, I don't know you. Like, why would it's I? Like, who are you? What are you trying to come <laughs> into? <laughs> understand is that you probably aren't you're not going to see sales flowing through unless you have a really good pre-launch strategy and you then you've been advertising for that that you know that month leading up and you've been really developing um into that brand awareness and that um what's the word that i'm looking for i've gone completely mind like um i can't even think of it yeah look at the the end of the day i think the, the the problem there is as soon as you start your business, you should already have in mind some of the, the advertising that you need to be doing because let's face it, it, as soon as you start a business, you are already losing money. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> a simple fact. You are spending. You are spending money on your business so you are losing money. And not just to mention, once you start, once you actually start to make sales, you're recuperating that money but you've got to put that straight back into the business so that you can keep it growing. A lot of people yeah. don't realize that small businesses don't profit money for the first at least 12 months. Exactly. See, <laughs> I, with my business, my business was a little bit different because I started mine while I was working full time. So mine was already turning over. But a lot of people either leave a job too soon or they start their, they start this, you know, this, this venture and they don't realize just how long it takes to actually start generating profit. Because you've got to buy product with the money that you make. So... <laughs> That's, that's exactly it. <laughs> unless, of course, you're service-based. That's a little bit different because if you're, if you're service-based, you're obviously your time is what's involved in that. And that, that comes back in, in reward for, for money. So, but yeah. Well, look, I want to thank you so much for coming on board today, Courtney. It was a real eye-opener and I, I really enjoyed having the conversation with you and I hope a lot of my, uh, my audience made some, some benefit out of our conversation <laughs> here today because, look, at the end of the day, everyone wants a bigger social media, everyone wants a bigger audience, and it is a tricky, a tricky uh, a journey to navigate. But there are people like yourself and myself out there, the creative minds that can help you get through that. Um, another shameless plug. Do you want to plug what your handle is for, for the audience? Go <laughs> yes, on, go definitely. for it. <laughs> go follow me on Instagram because I post a lot of free advice and tips on there. It's just MCD underscore creative. Perfect. I think you also have your website there, which is mcdcreative.com.au. Likewise, for my business, guys, if you have heard today and you're inspired to get on board with the creative train, either Courtney or myself, fdesigns.com.au, which is actually upgrading soon to fdmedia.com.au, hit us up. Other than that, thank you very much for being on, uh, on board today. <laughs> you're very welcome. Till next time, guys. Okay, guys, that just about rounds us out for another episode of The Bearded Creative. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're loving what I'm putting out there, please don't forget to leave a review or a star rating in the review section of your podcast app and hit that subscribe button so that you're notified every time a new podcast goes live. Catch you next time.